You're listening to Curated Consciously, a podcast that empowers our BIPOC and ally community to come together and dive into the work that needs to be done so we can cultivate vibrant healing environments from the inside out. I'm your host, Jasmine Rain, Curator-in-Chief and Social Entrepreneur coming at you from 9,000 feet in the Himalayas. You can connect with me in our community on Instagram at Curated Consciously and continue the conversation with us after every podcast episode in our Conscious Badass Facebook group. Now roll your shoulders back, get comfy, put the coffee on. It is time to deep dive into some thought-evoking conversation curated consciously. Kenda, how do you define conscious parenting? So to me, uh, the idea of conscious parenting is um, that children don't really belong to us. They're a part of us, uh, but just understanding that they're here with their own souls, personalities, um, purpose, and uh, we exist as mere guides to help them in navigating through life and providing them a safe space um, to be expressive in their own way, vulnerable, explore the world with their own story. I feel like that is kind of like what sums it up for me. That's really beautiful. So one of my questions was actually like, what do you think your ultimate kind of role is as mom? So what I'm hearing there is it almost sounds like instead of being kind of like this this figure that kind of dictates what's happening in their lives and you're more of like a guide kind of nurturing them on their own path so that they can cultivate what they want. That's Um, beautiful. So yeah, it's more, thank you. Uh, Just, I guess, creating that safe space for them and uh, and being an example. So what I notice with my own children is that they really look up to myself and Arslan. Um, like I see how Dean just wants to copy everything he does. And I is always so invested in what I'm doing in my life. So just being kind of an example to them um, is is really the best way. And just kind of allowing them to understand that you're always going to be there. They could always trust you. You could always communicate things with them. And and they just have that safe space to be expressive. And um, and yeah, and just, I guess, if you know, if you want your goal for your children is for them to be, you know, the future and, and better for the world, then you, you kind of have to represent that. And I just want to add, like, I'm learning. I'm not, like, kind of the the spokesperson for conscious parenting. Um, I'm kind of learning learning as I go. I think that's so authentic to just be honest in the journey. Because I think no one who is really a role model or, like, a spokesperson for conscious parenting, like, who knows what the fuck they're doing when they enter (laughs) the world? You kind of have to continually figure it out. And I think it's so important that as long as you're aware and you're doing that work and you're especially communicating with your partner to help nurture a a safe and inclusive environment for your, your kids to kind of create their own paths is so magical. And I'm curious, you know, I, we just did an episode recently on inner child work. So I was curious, are you familiar with the work and have you kind of, you know, explored any of this territory um, either before having kids during, you know, after having kids, just curious to your experiences with it. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, um, especially, Especially after um, my father passed away, um, there was there was just like a lot of 
I don't know, it's kind of like a low point in my life. And not so much because of his passing, but just because of where my life was um, at the time. You know, I I, I just had Dean and... Um, um, and I was finishing up nutrition. I was, you know, doing nutrition school, which I didn't really do much with it. Um, and I just kind of didn't, there was just so much things I needed to unpack. There's so much about myself that I was not happy with. I, I lacked so much self-esteem. There was just too much negative talk. And, and I had a lot of resentment for my, my parents. I felt like, they didn't push me enough as a child or they didn't hold space for me. And I was very, you know, I was a very empathetic, very um, emotional child. And, and a lot of things were neglected. Um, um, so especially with, with Aya, I feel like sometimes she triggers that in me, the, the child in me, because sometimes she, kind of reacts ways that I acted as a child and and it's almost like I don't want you to end up like me in the way that in the ways I feel in the ways that I don't have the confidence in the way I get distracted easily in just so many ways so it triggers in me and then it it makes me reactive um so I did put a lot of work into it I mean I I was seeing an intuitive healer and I saw a psychic and I saw a therapist and and I I feel like I kind of had to like forgive my parents um and realize that they did the best they could I mean it's not I've never not felt that I was loved I always felt I was loved um but they they had their own traumas that they didn't unpack I mean their parents have gone through war and torture and, you know, they're both from Iraq and Syria. There's just been so much political unrest in, in those areas. Um, so they're always in survival mode. And I feel like our generation, or at least, you know, here in, in Canada where it is safe and we do have the privilege to kind of really dig deep into that um, and unpack it and fix it in a sense. Um, and it's, it's more, I guess, in their honor. You know, we need to break these cycles of being silent and not expressing how you feel and not talking about emotions. Um, so yeah. Yeah, it takes a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's heavy. Thank you for sharing. Take intentional time to understand where your parents came from and their background and how that impacted you. And uh, learning to forgive is a huge, like that's that's a huge learning curve. So like, first of all, kudos for being able to go in to do that work because that's fucking hard. Um, and I'm, I know I'm curious. So in reflecting on, you know, where your parents were at, how that might've impacted you, learning to forgive them, going through this healing process, you know, how do you now kind of, incorporate that into your parenting style. So if you feel that Aya is kind of reflecting some of the behaviors or emotional patterns that you don't want for her because you want her to be stronger and more confident, how do you nurture that into her? Especially like, how, how old is Aya right now? Eight? She's uh, eight, yeah. Yeah. So what does yes, that look eight. like for an eight-year-old? I'm so curious. <laughs> 
it looks like a lot of talking about feelings. <laughs> uh, it looks like um, apologizing. Like I, I tend to apologize a lot to her, um, reminding her that I'm human, that I'm going to make mistakes, that I'm going to be reactive. Um, because I don't want her to have this expectation that, and I think that's how we felt as as kids is that at least for me that I felt like adults just had their shit together, which now looking back, no, they didn't. They, they were as lost as we are. I know like just seeing like my, my dad, his, like the end of his life, he never figured it out. And, and I don't, I don't want her to see me as that. I want her to see me working for myself or working um, to heal myself. And so it's just a lot of, a lot of talking, a lot of honesty, a lot of, you know, the reason why I reacted was because I saw myself in you and I just want better things for you. And I want you to not, you know, shut down when, when things get hard and I don't want you to give up. So it's, it's really just about being honest and communicating. Yeah, have you always been the parent who like really communicates with their child as like a human being, you know, like you no baby talk or like, you know, has have you always kind of been very conscious about this since she was a baby or, you know, did you have you found that just as you've been raising her, especially with Dean, it's kind of just continuously, I guess, matured, maybe is the word I'm looking for. Um, just curious to what that journey has been like since like, you know, you know, giving birth to Aya and then raising her and then having a second child and what, how that communication and language has shifted as they've aged and as you've aged as well. I think being of Arab background and there is a, that lack of emotional support. I was always kind of more on the like straightforward, um, like kind of harsh sometimes. I, you know, I do notice myself being a little, so it, it is something that's always been there but, and I'm actually kind of, working towards more of, of being a little softer. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's always been talk to them like normal human beings. Like I never had like the whole, like, I mean, sometimes when, when we're in like cuddling mode or, or playful mode, the voices shift. Um, but I think I've, I've always kind of been like, you know, talk to them like they're normal people. <laughs> I like that. Well, they are people. <laughs> they are normal people. They told me. Yeah. You know, I, so because like, you know, um, so just a quick background for our listeners. So Ken and I met uh, working for a nonprofit in Mississauga when I was living back home. And uh, the organization was very much focused on social and environmental justice. And, uh, you know, challenging kind of like the status quo and, and breaking stigma around social justice topics um, are both, you know, very much part of our, our, our passions. Um, and, you know, I wanted to bring into the conversation because, you know, Kenda being this, uh, well, being a, uh, being a religious, spiritual, and, you know, very gung-ho about environmental justice and social justice, I wanted to ask, you know, how do you start integrating these conversations into parenting? Um, because I've seen you kind of approach them in person, but I'd like to know kind of more about your thought process and like how, 
you know, what, what kind of starts from within for you to like start kind of either having the conversation or, or thinking about what you want to teach your children at home? Or, you know, maybe it's even, you know, I know your children go to um, a religious Muslim school. So, you know, when they come home and start to like question things and ask these questions, you know, how do you approach them? And is it a conversation that you have with your husband, Arsalan, first? Or do you find that you both kind of just consciously into like tune in with each other to really approach these together? I think understanding kind of his his background Um and um and and the the choice of going to a Muslim school was more for him um because he he did want to build that foundation. Um, I didn't grow up in a religious household we We were born Muslim, but we didn't really practice a lot of um of the traditions we just kind of i mean we stuck to the basics, but we we never really did um you know like the prayers and we fasted, but like didn't do the prayer. So it was kind of like a very laid back um, Islam, I guess, um, which is something I'm definitely, um, especially after getting married to our son, because he grew up in a very Muslim household where they did everything that you're supposed to do. And so just kind of balancing that out. So I kind of know his limits and I, I try to respect that because my knowledge is very limited. Um, so, so in terms of that, I, I do always, I guess the way I see my worship is, is towards the, the justice aspect. You know, I, I worship in the, in the way that I'm so in touch with, within, with, um, the earth, uh, with nature, um, the way, I want, you know, people to be treated equally where I don't want people to be exploited. Um, so, so that being said, in terms of my kids, again, it's just like, I'm very, I talk a lot <laughs> uh, to them about anything. So anything that comes up, I'm, I try to be as honest as I can be in ways they can comprehend. Um, obviously with, with the religious school, um, they're kind of mindful that every every family has their own way. So they they don't try to like put on too much to the, the kids. It's more like the basics, like learn how to pray, learn how to read the Quran. Um, so that's that's kind of been easier in a sense. But when they do come home with like ideas that sometimes we can't relate to, then I'll explain to that, you know, everyone kind of does things a little bit different. So it's just about breaking it down to sort of in a ways where they can comprehend. Did I, did I lose <laughs> the question here? <laughs> no, no, this is great. I think this is, these are also very reflexive questions because, um, you know, yeah. I guess this, I guess this actually kind of leads me to the a question about intention. So, you know, I, before you go into these conversations, are, are you intention setting? Are you thinking about kind of the goals of the conversation? Or, you know, are your days just so jam-packed that it's like, when do you take, you know, how do you take that intentional time and like bring bring intention setting into these conversations with the kids when there's so much going on and they're asking so many questions and you want to give them, you know, an answer that makes them kind of critically think, but also 
I guess, being wrapped up in like so much going on in the household as well. So I'm just curious, you know, yeah, because I feel like this is this is really interesting, too, because as like as someone that I love deeply and a friend who's been in my life for so long, like this is such a great conversation to have with you because I'm able to dive deep. But, you know, do you really think consciously about entering these conversations and where you're at with the kids? And uh, so just curious of what that process looks like for you as the parent. Yeah, um, I think as it comes up, so, you know, from, from you know, talking about environmental issues, like with being low waste and especially around like celebrations, like birthday parties and, um, and like our Eid, um, those, those celebrations can be very consumer-based, um, which I try to limit, um, so, you know, I don't, I don't really buy them birthday gifts or eat gifts. I mean, Arzan sometimes pushes a bit. Um, but then, you know, it's just having that conversation that who's making these toys, who's making these gifts, what are the impacts of, of like the, the plastics and, and all that. So it's, it's more like as they come up, I do have those conversations with them. Again, Dean is, is a bit young, so he doesn't really care about <laughs> what I have to say um, because he, he does love his toys and, and, um, and all that. But I is a little bit more conscious of it. And she'll, she'll repeat a lot of things that I'll say, um, you know, just so, so I can tell. She understands. She understands the concept. Um, you know, so it is, it's intentional in the sense that it's part of like my existence most. Like I, you know, it's something that's so important to me and I'm so passionate about it. Um, but it's, but I don't force it. It's more like if, if something, if she saw something like now she's, you know, reading. So whenever I have like my phone and I'm going through my social media and like a post will come about, Black Lives Matter, or, um, or just about anything, she'll she'll be like, "What does that mean?" And I will explain it to her in the best way that I could without kind of taking away her innocence. But like, I want her to understand that these issues exist, and um, and I want her to to be aware, especially since she has you know friends of different backgrounds and different um, upbringings and and all that. So I want her to to be understanding of, of the world that we live in. Do you find that like you or your husband ever have any like really strong bias around certain topics that's kind of hard to communicate with the kids? Like, you know, for example, let's say both of you have very different stances on an issue. You know, how would you approach that with the kids to get them to kind of critically think about what they think is right? We, we will have some, sometimes we will have heated debates um, and then, and the kids automatically think we're like fighting <laughs> and they're like, why are you fighting? Why? And we're like, no, we're just having a discussion. Um, we, we haven't really, I think, tackled the like, you know, what side or like, what do you think is right or wrong? I don't think we've, we've come across that, but, but there has been like incidences where we do debate certain issues or talk about certain things and and the kids would be in the room and they would just kind of listen and then kind of not understand why it's so heated and why right. it's, <laughs> you know so it's just kind of having 
explaining that we we are just discussing like these are you know things that we're talking about and yeah yeah kind of like high level what is the dynamic uh between you and your husband for like you know I'm curious like you know in my mind I'm like okay Ken and Arslan are like sitting in bed at night and they're like discussing how they're going to approach the next day and like you know tackle these issues I'm just curious to like what that dynamic looks like you know behind the scenes so like maybe in front of the kids you know you're having these debates and you're open about it and the kids are like oh why are you fighting and you're addressing like no it's you know we're talking about xyz and this is why but you know behind closed doors is there anything intentional that you're doing that you could share with other parents uh, to help kind of make make approaching these topics easier or make uh, intention, you know, intentional parenting. Uh, I mean, I feel like parenting is never going to be easy. I shouldn't say easier. I don't know what that's like. I'm not a parent. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in terms of how you work together to make it at least smoother for both of you to be able to kind of work through yeah. each day, knowing that you're guiding your kids in the right direction without putting any barriers or or exposing any kind of craziness. Because Previously, you mentioned that like you're still a little bit, a little bit conscious about what you want to introduce to them, especially since they're so young. Um, but have you kind of talked mm -hmm. about where you know where conversations might go in the future, or you know, especially raising a young girl? Like, have you guys had kind of more intense conversations about kind of the dynamics that you both want to share in terms of Aya growing up and becoming a teenager soon, and like what that's going to look like, and how you're going to navigate all the challenges of like puberty and and, you know, sexual education and all these things that are just seem crazy when your kid is eight, but are going to come so quickly into the conversation. You know, how would you both uh, approach those topics? I mean, I guess, yeah, in, in passing, we do have those conversations. Um, they're, again, understanding, I mean, we've been married for, you know, close to 13 years now. Um, so, so at this point, like we, we kind of know so much about our limits and our boundaries. Um, he, you know, he, he knows, I guess, the type of person I am, which, you know, like I'm very free spirited and I want the kids to just kind of live out their truth, whereas he's more reserved and he wants kind of like a, they have to be a certain way. Um, so we do we do try to like navigate with our own in boundaries, um, and I I to be honest I am kind of afraid of how it's gonna look like in the future. Like I am afraid that we might butt heads more because we do have a lot of differences. Um, but the the great thing about Arslan is that he he's really good at listening. And understanding what I'm where I'm coming from um so he's really good at looking at my point of view and he always tries to kind of work around it or um or see I guess my perspective he's actually better at that than me understanding his perspective sometimes um but it's it really is about just constantly I like communication I think is like the the best thing um but we we yes we we talk about pretty much a lot of things um in you know in terms of like puberty and all that stuff like i mean we haven't really like kind of broken it down to like exactly the, what the conversation is going to look like but really 
like for example with with Dean even though he's younger and like being a boy and uh you know that the idea of like consent and boundaries and space especially when it comes to his sister and all that stuff like those are things that we we both agree on and and really want to you know let have it kind of be something instilled at, at a young age we don't want a toxic masculine like energy we want our our kids to kind of be respectful of other people and like be feminist and I have seen kind of also on change along the way like he's he's you know even like with consumers and like he was really big into shopping and like now he's like really cut back and and he he's really good at kind of seeing things my way because I feel like there is nothing that I I express is is bad in a sense like it's everything's kind of to better our children to better the world to better people so you how do you like kind of go against that I don't know yeah Thank you for sharing that. I I am actually very inspired that you're able to also be so open and understanding and conscious of like where you butt heads and where you might feel like maybe you don't lean in as much or he doesn't lean in as much. Um, but also knowing that like at the end of the day, you both are putting the best interests of your children and watching, wanting them to succeed and, and be amazing individuals first. And I think that's I think that's probably, to me, I mean, I'm not a parent yet, but again, uh, you know, listening to this, it sounds like this is exactly where, where, where the line should be. It's like you're just supporting your kids and being the best individuals they can be and knowing the types of qualities and traits um, and behaviors and patterns that shouldn't be present in their lives because you know it would be toxic for themselves as well as their, their communities that they're building. So I'm curious, in this... You know, so it's eight years, eight years, two children, 13 years of marriage. <laughs> what has been your biggest lessons in your personal growth as you progressed into motherhood? I think, especially in the beginning of motherhood, you know, you kind of have to sacrifice so much of yourself. You literally sacrifice everything about yourself, your body, your life, your sleep, your sexuality, your existence like and especially you know when I first had I was literally all like I did not want to leave her sight I didn't want to be I didn't want to leave her with anyone you know it was like no she's mine like I have to protect her I have to um you know and then came Jean and um and things kind of you know like I think that's when I kind of like okay I need to rethink this approach um just because I saw, like, again, Arslan was, his life, yes, it changed, but not as much. He was still working the same type of jobs. He was, you know, flourishing in his career. He was playing basketball. Like, not a lot kind of changed in his life. And here I have, like, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what to believe in. I don't know. So it was just, it was really about kind of claiming myself back. A new version of me, but reclaiming who I am and and not feeling guilty about it because the mom guilt is very real. I mean, you know, leaving your kids to go for a girl's night, that 
you know, the first few times you do that, it's like, am I a bad mom? Why, why do I need to leave them? Um, so just kind of leaving that mom guilt, figuring out what you love again. Um, and like, that's kind of where my photography and uh, my art came back and like, um, dance, I started dancing. Um, so, so it's just about finding those passions. And I think it's important for kids to see that, to see that you're an individual because we've seen our mothers sacrifice themselves. And then, you know, you grow older and then they have nothing. They don't really have an identity. They don't have hobbies. My mom doesn't have hobbies. I don't know what to get her as like for gifts because I'm like, you don't have any passions. And I'm pretty sure she had lots of passions pre-kids, but but that's the thing. So it's like, you kind of have to do it for your kids. Um, you appreciate them more. They appreciate you more. I love when when my kids see that I'm doing something I love and they want to copy it or they are proud of it. Like I can see I am saying, oh, like, you know, you, you take such amazing pictures or, you know, like Dean and looking at our son and like he wants to play basketball as well. Like, so just seeing that we have our own individuality is really important. And that's kind of been the biggest part of my growth as a mom. That's really freaking powerful, especially because I feel like I definitely watched my mom go through the same thing. Just uh, being so lost in her children. And then also, I mean, my mom was previously married to the devil. So I just feel like he was so unsupportive <laughs> of her doing things and like watching her get, watching her be self-empowered in that journey and realizing that like she needs to be happy as an individual, like it, and, and not just being the identity of a mom. I think it's so important. It's like, no, you're not just a mom, you're a creative and this beautiful spiritual being, and you have so much to offer this world. Um, I think it's really, really beautiful for you to reflect. And I think that's a powerful message to, to let our listeners know that like when your kids see you doing what you love, it just, it just inspires them more. I've, I've seen a lot of parents kind of push their kids towards the activities and hobbies that they want that they are not currently doing. Um, and it kind of like breaks my heart because it's like, well, why don't you just do it with your kid? Or like, why don't you start it and then see if your kid wants to, you know, join? Like, I've, like you know, those shows like Dance Moms and like all that shit, you know, where they're like forcing their kid to do these things where that they actually internally want so deeply without Re actually connecting with their kid and understanding like what they might be passionate about. I think it's really beautiful that like the kids get to see what you're doing and, you know, decide, you know, if that's something that they want to try or maybe they just want to be appreciative of it. Um, and I think it's so freaking cute that I loved your photography and like <laughs> is so proud of it. And uh, I'll make sure that all of our listeners can access uh, Kenda's photography um, page in our show notes because it, she's absolutely incredible. There's also a few photos of me on there from the wedding. <laughs> but um. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. So I think just to sum us all up, because this has been really, really powerful. And I feel like I can't really add much to this conversation either, because one, I'm not a parent. I have two dogs. Uh, two, I feel like this is a journey that I'm like, I'm learning from you right now to, to kind of understand how, how I would maybe even start this parent, this conscious parenting journey, because there's so much to consider. Um, so I'm curious to kind of bring us to a close what would you say that your individual parenting philosophy is then? You know, taking all of this into consideration, how would you sum up 
how you approach parenting? I think, I think we overthink it. You know, I think there's, there is a lot of expectation um, on parents, especially in our generation, you kind of have to be everything. Um, you know, you can't just be a stay-at-home mom anymore. You have to be a stay-at-home mom with a side hustle or, you know, like um, somehow earn some money on the side or, or whatever. Or if, you're, if you are a working mom, um, there's, you know, there's still so much expectation there. There is like, you kind of have to like make up for the lost time. And, um, and now like moms are doing it all. Like they're working, they're being moms. They're taking care of the house. They're even renovating now, like especially with, with COVID. Like I just feel like it's, it's sparked this whole new, like now they're doing the renovations um, and and it's still not enough. Like it's still like there is that the aspect of guilt and and having so much expectation for your kids to be the smartest and the most talented. And, and it's a lot of pressure. So, so I think my philosophy, especially after this year and after my journey is to kind of have less expectations because I mean, how many of us are kind of pushed towards something? And then later on in adulthood, we just figure it out. We do our own thing. We don't stick to the plan. And I think the more expectations you have about the type of kids you want to have or the type of personality you want them to be or the type of talents, you're just going to end up being disappointed because they're not here to fulfill this imagination of or expectation that you had of, you know, I guess like a younger, like sometimes I think we push on the things that we missed out because, um, because you you know you kind of want to give your kids everything you didn't have but but I think realizing that all kids really want is love and feeling safe and I think if if you do that then you're a great parent um so yeah so my philosophy is just be loving be nurturing give them the space and don't have too many expectations Inhale the goodness, exhale the bullshit. Thank you for listening, and thank you for doing the work with us. If you're still feeling a little heavy after listening to today's episode, join us on the Conscious Badasses Facebook group. That is your safe, inclusive, healing space to connect with the community that gets it. Together, we dive deeper into each topic with reflection questions. There's additional resources there available for you. And overall, it's just an incredible space for you to let it all out, especially if you feel like you don't have the right community during this time. To access the group, just hit us up at facebook.com slash groups slash conscious badasses. And of course, you can always find the link right in the show notes. Now, don't forget to breathe, eat your veggies, and if it feels just a little too heavy, Take an intentional pause. What can you do to feel a little lighter, a little brighter? You got this.